Welcome to my podcast, let's go! I'm all about doing what I wanna do And living life to the fullest Every day, me and my team We're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams Welcome to my first investment property podcast Where we talk about our experience gained, wisdom learned And the lessons learned throughout the process of real estate investment and development I'm Edwin Carrion, the creator of my first investment property podcast Stay on after the show And I'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that being said, let's get started. Well, hey, David, super excited to have you on the My First Investment Property Podcast. So welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. Uh, Super exciting. I mean, looking at your background and your website, um, you've done a great job laying out kind of your marketing materials and what you do. And it's always fun to interview a fellow podcaster because um, that should make our conversation go better. That's that's what they say. We talk a lot. (laughs) Well, I guess people will be the judge at the end, won't they? (laughs) That's Yes. Hopefully I'm somewhat entertaining, right? So do you want to share a bit of your backstory, um, you you know, in terms of how you got into real estate and, you know, um, kind of where you're at and where you're going? Yeah. Uh, coming up on five years ago now, well, I guess it was about five years ago, somebody handed me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I uh, I did all the service member things. I'm in the Marine Corps and I did all the things that uh, people joke that Marines or service members do where they blow money on cars and tattoos and, and you know, motorcycles and all kinds of other alcohol, whatever, you know, you name it. No financial uh, sense at all. Just a ton of bad decisions for a long time. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, in 2015, a buddy handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I kind of joked that I didn't read, which I say joked, but I'd probably read one book since high school. And he, he handed me a CD and he was like, well, okay, look, you're a recruiter. You drive around a lot between high schools. Just listen to this while you drive. I was like, oh, all right, man. You know, like you got me, you called my bluff. Fine. I'll listen to it. And well, you know, darned if that wasn't probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, listen to the book and I started listening to more books and doing Google research and Within three, four months, you know, I don't really know the date that I finished that Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but within, I mean, it couldn't have been more than four months. I bought a duplex and moved into one side, uh, rented out the other side as a house hack. And then from there, it just kind of grew and uh, currently have 20 doors in uh, between single families, duplexes and a 10 unit. And then a, uh, I'm a partner on 146 unit syndication as well, a general partner. So uh, doing that, uh, it's gone well enough that I'm getting out of the military, going into the reserves next year and taking it full time. So it's been fun. Oh, good for you. That's so exciting. Yeah, it is. So what, what do you think your biggest lessons uh, were that you learned early on? So, you know, I've heard often people say, just get started, like do your research, but pull the trigger. Um, you know, what do you think was your biggest uh, first lessons? Well, that was definitely one of them. Lucky for me, I've always been, a, you know, throw the parachute out and find it on the way down and try to put it on <laughs> type of guy. So that part probably I won't fly. I won't fly with you then if you're a pilot. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'll do business uh, <laughs> with you. <laughs> if if it hadn't been for hiring a property manager, I probably would have crashed and burned very very quickly because I, I don't have the personality for that, and I didn't know what I was doing. Right, I just jumped in headfirst. I bought a bought the duplex, and then my next property was a ten unit. Okay. And so, wow. yeah. uh, which was, I was marketing for duplexes, but the guy, <laughs> you know, he was like, uh, I don't have a duplex, but I've got this and you got a 10 unit. Yeah. Yeah. 30 story apartment building. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah. That was kind of how it felt at the time. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, that was, uh, I remember sitting there and just going, oh man, I'm out of my comfort zone. There's no way. But luckily I surrounded myself with some people who had been 
doing investing and they were just like, dude, yeah, go for it. Like, looks good. Take it down. Um, otherwise, I probably would have talked myself out of it. Um, so probably the, I guess the first lessons would be surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do, right? And yep. then be able to bounce ideas off them because you're going to get scared. You're going to want to talk yourself out of stuff. And you might talk yourself out of good deal. I mean, I missed some some deals that looking back, I should have just jumped on because I wasn't comfortable enough to pull the trigger right away. Um, and then the other thing I think would just be trust, trust but verify. And that's a lesson I've learned well, I've learned through the military. I mean, that's a, a very military phrase, but yeah. I've learned time and time again in the investing world too, right? Where I trust a contractor so much that I don't verify what they're mm. doing and get burned or, yeah. uh, um, which is especially critical for somebody like me who hasn't lived in the state. I own rentals now in five years, four years. So, um, yeah, so I gotta, do you do this long distance then with those types of properties? Yeah. I bought that duplex. And then about six months later, I was moved to Hawaii, which, you know, I guess is, technically overseas investing, but I, I'm still US, so not really. Yeah, I don't is, know. Yeah. It's in the middle there, right? The, you can but, really go um, for a stretch and go to Puerto Rico. That's still part of the US. That's be overseas. Yeah. yeah. You know, there you go. Uh, so yeah, I did Hawaii for three years. And then from there, I moved to San Diego and all these properties are in Missouri. So I have not, I've been back maybe mm. three or four times for mm-hmm. a week or two, but I, I have not lived there. I moved away May of 2016. Okay. So I'm going back in about six months to a year and then I'm going to, that's the the goal is to blow up the real estate there. But yeah, all of the properties outside of that first duplex in my wife's house uh, have been bought long distance, half of them sight unseen. So first lesson was, like you said, pull the trigger. Second one was make sure you've got good people around you that will support you with wise counsel yeah. um, and then trust and verify. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's 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 great advice. No matter what you're doing, I mean, if you don't have the right people around you, um, and you don't have the right team, um, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So, where do you see yourself um, going and and growing your business um, longer term? Well, uh, if I can... keep the same business model, or you, do you think you're going to change uh, the direction that you're going? I hope I'm going to change. So, I <laughs> I don't know that I would say I had a business model. For the first while, uh, if I was to show you over on my floor there, I've got eight boxes of about 400 to 600 mailers that I'm putting out one box a week right now to yep. build out. So what I was doing is I was, you know, when I, when I had cash, I would start marketing for a deal and then I would find something and buy it. And then I'd turn off any marketing until I had some cash again. Mm. And really what I did was I started focusing on the blog and, and like just talking about what I was learning, which is great, but I... I definitely could have done more investing and more transactions had I just left the marketing on. So what I've done now over the last few weeks is I've uh, just kind of taken under, I guess, gone under a buddy's wing. I don't, I don't know how you would say that. A buddy of mine has a pretty sweet uh, system and I basically just kind of have piggybacked off of his system, his, uh, his CRM, customer relations management, his yep. uh, marketing and, and kind of just started doing what he was doing. Cause I'm, you know, they say there's a visionary and an integrator and I am by no means the integrator, you know, systems are great, but I joke with people that I'm the guy who will like charge head first through the forest and just leave like a, a mess of just destruction <laughs> behind me. But I got to where I needed to go. Yeah. Um, so I'm really trying to crank out those systems and focus in on, uh, 
how to buy more properties and actually be able to find enough deals that I can wholesale some of the other ones to build the cash to buy. So really trying to build it full-time. I want to go vertical when I go home. So I want to, uh, I'm going to have my license as a broker. I'm going to get oh, good. acquisitions yep. manager, um, you know, acquisitions manager, admin person, dispositions manager, and I'm going to try to scale with a, a brokerage and maybe having my own contractor in-house and maintenance team in-house and just kind of go uh, all in on on being able to focus on the business and grow. That sounds like a, actually a great a great plan. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with piggybacking up your buddy's system. Like you said, somebody's done this. So I always say, you know, um, you know, never take advice from someone who hasn't done what you're willing to do or you're going to do or are willing to put the money up that you're willing to put up. So there's someone who's got a system, so take it and leverage it. So how did that transition into, like you said, you've got a blog, you've got a website, you're active on social media, and then you started a podcast. So what was your thinking when you first launched your podcast in terms of how it would help your business? You might notice a trend in a minute, but uh, that was none of that was planned out. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I was actually thinking about writing a book talking about my deployment in 2010 because all, all these Navy SEALs and people who did really cool special secret stuff, you know, like uh, raid for Osama bin Laden and, and things like that. Like all these people have crazy stories and they write books, right? Uh, but nobody like me who was just like a normal dude who was 19 years old rolling around in the desert eating MREs writes books. Nobody reads that stuff because it's not like sexy or whatever. Uh, so I, I happened to, and I, by some stroke of luck, I don't, I'm sure this wasn't my idea, but I, I had a, a journal and a mission log throughout my whole deployment. And so I thought about like mashing them together and, yep. and writing a book about just like what normal people went through. Um, I realized nobody would know who I was and nobody would read my book except for like my family. And so I was like, all right, well, let me ask some friends who've written books. And they all said, well, you need to have an audience or a platform. And the best way to do that is to just start blogging. And one of my friends basically gave me the idea to just kind of document what I was doing. He's like, if you just talk about what you're learning in real estate, it'll, it'll solidify the lessons you're learning. And you know, it'll, you'll always have content because you're doing it anyway. Oh, that's a cool idea. And so I started it and I didn't even come up with the name for my platform. Someone else did. And I guess it stuck because it has, grown to the point where it's going to allow me to leave my W-2 at within, by the time I'm out of the military, it'll be less than three years. And so, yeah, as that's grown, obviously there's been a lot that's transpired there where I've been able to realize, okay, now I can bring in private money through this. Now I can help raise money for, uh, if I want to do syndications, I can raise money through my platform for that. I have a, uh, email list. If I want to, um, you know, one of the things I'm doing is helping service members, uh, utilize their VA loan, right? By hooking them up with uh, VA lenders and realtors who actually know how to use that because it's kind of a niche uh, market. And unfortunately, there's people who, I mean, I my first property, the duplex we talked about, I should have yeah. used the VA loan and my lender talked me out of it because he didn't know what he was doing. He told me I yeah. could only use it once and I didn't want to waste it on an $80,000 duplex. Well, you can use it a lot more than once. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so I paid a down payment I never should have paid yeah. and I paid uh, PMI on the property. So, so yeah, just uh, now it's just kind of become this big platform where I'm able to bring other investors together and, and piggyback off their information and just help other service members make better financial decisions. So it's, it's been really cool. I think that's amazing. I mean, it's a great opportunity. I mean, like you see, you've got the experience, but you know, I wouldn't downplay, um, I wouldn't downplay your service as, as normal. Um, the normal people were at home. Mm right? They didn't sign up. They didn't go. Um, so, you know, what you did wasn't normal. It was above average. So um, congrats for doing that. Well, I appreciate it. I guess I never thought about it that way. 
Yeah. I mean, there are people watching TV, going to work, doing what they're always doing and just, you know, um, had really no idea what was going on other than what the media would release. So your podcast is the, it was a military millionaire podcast, right? That's it. Yep. And the same with your, the same with your blog from military to millionaire.com. Yep. Cool. So, um, you know, kind of looking at the, where the world is today. Um, is there any additional wisdom that you'd want to share with, uh, with the listening audience in terms of, you know, kind of what you're doing? Cause I mean, you found, um, like you said, a, a niche. Um, so you've got military service, you now have, you, you've got the knowledge and the experience of the VA loan. Um, and so you're going to be able to help your fellow members transition from military back into, you know, a civvy job, um, or their own business. That's the goal. I would, you know, this, I believe this opinion has changed a lot over the last year, but my advice is probably pretty similar. I think that going into 21, any effect that comes out of all this mess uh, is most likely going to be very regional. And so I would say, be very careful about the micro market that you're investing in, but pay attention to macroeconomics, meaning, you know, interest rates are obviously going to affect purchase prices nationally, but foreclosures, you know, somewhere like Missouri where the housing market might've gone up five or 10% in the last decade and maybe dropped five or 10% in 2008, you're probably not nearly at risk. I mean, if there's some foreclosures like big whoop, what's it going to do? It drops 20% and that's what, $20,000. It's it's not the same as San Diego. So I would say pay attention to what market you're in and know what you're getting into, right? So I would be buying at a discount right now. I would not be paying retail on anything, which is good advice anyway. Yep. But but you know, I wouldn't be MLSing it if I was looking for properties unless you're in a market where you can get a discount that way with long days on market, but it's probably not very many places right now. So I would be making sure I'm getting properties for a discount and I would be making sure that that property cash flows from day 1. If I I would be kind of careful on the uh, the Burr strategy, the the refinance, uh, you know, refinance, uh, mm, renovate, refinance up. strategy right yep. now. Just because if you get stuck holding that property for a while and the market does go down, you won't be able to pull your money back out. Likewise with house flips, I think you would need to make sure that the area of town you're in is somewhere that people really want to live in. I wouldn't be doing those in gentrifying areas because if market goes, it's all going to be really micro, right? It's going to be market specific. So personally. I'm looking for things at cash flow day one that I can get into for 70% of the, you know, after repair value, after all expenses are in. Um, and I'm looking for things that are in stable markets. So like I just bought a small portfolio for 200 and it appraised for 280 and it rents for 2,500, you know? So, okay. If the market just implodes, if I got $110,000 in equity after my down payment before I go underwater. So, right not super worried about it, right? That's, I could lose what, half, almost like 40% property value and I'd be okay. And it's going to cash flow until I drop, I don't know, $700 a month off rent. So that's, I guess that would be my way too long winded answer as I try. No, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, (laughs) I've often heard it said that, you know, you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. So if you pay too much, you're never going to get your money out. Absolutely. So one last question. I'm just thinking to to leverage your um, elite training that you've had. How do you deal with the um, the emotion 
you know, because as investors, uh, you know, we all invest in something. So let's use stocks, for example, you invest in stocks and your broker says, yeah, this is long-term, but on the way home from my meeting with my broker, I'm already imagining it goes up 10 times and I'm going to retire in six months. So that's the emotional side. So how do you deal with that mental toughness yourself when you're making a buy or sell decision? You know, I don't know that I've had as many emotional situations where I'm thinking, man, this is going up so much. Do I need to sell? It's usually for me, it seems to be the other way around. Like, how did I end up losing this much money on this? Uh, I should have sold at X time. Um, You know, I... (laughs) You're obviously got more wins and losses, so you're going your yeah, business, abs- right? absolutely. I mean, long, I mean, buy in a way, yeah. Um, I guess otherwise, I probably wouldn't be here doing this. Uh, <laughs> so now, wouldn't still be around. It's a good question because I don't know that I have anything specific. I just try not to focus on it, right? So I tell myself, like, I, now I will say, I kind of, I dabble. Like, I have like a little bit of money in the stock market that I just gamble with. I have, I'm more of an index fund or a thrift savings, like 401k guy where I don't have to worry about it. I just know, Hey, money goes in there the first of every month and I never touch it. I don't look at it except for to look at my net worth. And I just know, Hey, I don't care what it does. You know, when it dropped 30% in March, I increased my allocation by 30% and said, we'll see what happens, but it's coming back. Long-term it's going to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like you just look historically and just know, okay, it will come back. Now, I mean, as long as you're comfortable in your market, comfortable in whatever you're investing in, I don't play the short game. Now, I, the only money that I play with over there is like I have this small pool of cash that is basically money that I had from from wins on other little things. I took you know the money I'd won, the principal, and I stuck it in an account and said, "I'm going to gamble with this. This is going to be my scratch the itch, you know, dump it on this crypto, <laughs> dump it on this money, whatever." Yeah, yeah. And I have that little piece that sometimes goes up really high and sometimes goes down, but I don't care because it's money that I won on something else. So if I lose all of it, yeah. So that kind of scratches the itch for me emotionally. As far as oh. how I deal with things. Um, the, maybe it's the marine in me, but I just kind of look in the mirror and. Well, that's why I was thinking. Stop being I was thinking stupid. You've got different training. Than the yeah, rest, I just kind of like eh, yeah. stop being an idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, pretty good at ignoring it for the most part. Well, that's really cool. I just want to say um, this. I really appreciate you taking time today. I mean, you've got lots of knowledge. Um, super excited to see what you're doing uh, with your business, seeing uh, how you're serving others and and helping them to learn the ropes and hopefully make make less mistakes and learn from what you've done and um, and have opportunities. Well, I appreciate that. It's been fun. So, David, where's the best place for people to connect with you if they want to uh, you know learn more about what you're doing or you know look at partnering up with you? If they want to actually like physically talk to me, the best thing you can do is just shoot me a message on Instagram at from military to millionaire, all one word. I will not go to sleep at night. Maybe once a month when I'm drinking, I will. But usually I will not go to sleep at night without going through my messages and at least responding to everybody who hit me up. And that response may be, hey, I don't have the time to talk right now. Here's a link for you to schedule an intro call with me. Sure. But at least, you know, there's a way for us to touch base and I will schedule intro calls with anyone. Um, but if you want to see content or get plugged into the community from military to or the military millionaire Facebook group, uh, they're all growing stronger than I ever would have imagined when I didn't know what I was doing two years ago and got talked into starting this thing. So, <laughs> 
Well, I mean, it's, it's great that you did it. Like you said, not, not all of it was planned. I think that's the other lesson that you're sharing is that you took imperfect actions. So someone gave you some advice, you tried it and it, and it worked and it stuck. So you kept going, uh, but you didn't analyze it for six years to, before you stepped in. Imperfect is a very nice way to put that. I'm going to have to use that. I appreciate that. I, I do that all the time. It's I have to remind myself, imperfect actions. It doesn't need to be 110% perfect. If it's 70%, get it out the door. The market will tell me if I need to fix it. Yeah. I mean, and the more stuff you throw at the wall, the more you're going to find one or two things stick and you just go real hard in the paint on those and ignore the rest. Absolutely. So I'm going to say, just say thanks again. Appreciate you. Appreciate you taking time. Uh, just looking forward to uh, getting your episode produced and getting your message out there so you can share and help others along. Absolutely. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. So thanks so much, listeners. I, I hope you got lots of notes. I really enjoyed this conversation with David. Um, I'd highly recommend you go have a look at his website. Have a listen to his podcast. He's 110 episodes in, so he's not brand new at this. He's been doing it for a while. There's lots of content there. So thanks for tuning in. I'm all about doing what I want to do And living life to the fullest Every day, me and my team We're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast If you're interested in sharing your story And you want to be a guest on my show Please visit my website edwincarrion.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply And if you like what you heard today Please follow me on my social media channels Instagram or Facebook at EdwinCarrion78 or click on the link on my website. Also, please subscribe to our show on Apple, Google, Spotify, and you'll find our podcast there, whatever you listen to your podcast. Once again, I'm Edwin Carrion. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. Until next time.